listening to the Burst Boss Scottish Football Podcast. I'm your host, Andrew Gamba. I'm joined by Lewis Kemp. Lewis, how are you? How you doing, Gamba? Nice to nice to be here. Yeah, it's good to be good to be back with you. And we've got Tom McKinnon as well. Tom, how are you? Yeah, not too bad. It's been in hiding since the playoff semi final, but probably a good time to get out of it now. <laughs> Mm. Well, you've been you've been called out on that, haven't you? We'll come yeah. to that later on, probably. Mm. <laughs> right, lads, uh, we've got we've got two major games this weekend. Uh, we should probably go through them. What do we want to start with? The Scottish Cup final. The amateur cup final. The amateur cup final. Short wees and Golden Hill. That Kelly that Kelly Cal was was that. Sadly, not on the podcast. We don't have much to report on from that. So, should we go to the Scottish Cup final? Yes. Yes. <laughs> Right, um, Celtic 2 Motherwell now. Um, another treble for Celtic. It's becoming a it's becoming a regular recurrence now. Um, Cal McGregor and Olivier and Cham scoring. Um, Lewis, what were your scoring? Scoring from pretty much the exact same spot as well. Mm, yes. <laughs> um, Lewis, your kind of thoughts on the game as a whole. What did you What did you make of it? Happy, I'd imagine. <sighs> I thought I mean, if you're a neutral, probably does not mm. match up to previous cup finals. Uh, but I think we've been spoiled to some extent. Um, we've had some fantastic cup finals, and this one was was pretty much was very very one sided. I think um, Celtic just were they turned up on the day. Motherwell were they were poor, but again there there wasn't really much I could. I could say they could have done differently that might have changed the game. I just think it was Celtic were in one of those moods and um, I think they were always going to win that game. Uh, on, uh, on our preview video that we did, um, I said I, oh, couldn't, yes. I, I, couldn't see, um, I couldn't see Celtic blitzing Motherwell. Um, they kind of did. <laughs> in that first half an hour, the Celtic really, really, you know, just tried to kill that game off in the first, you know, the first uh, third of the game really just to make sure there was there was nothing to play for in the second half and or sorry the yeah the second uh, two thirds. <laughs> um, well, I think um, I think Motherwell were always gonna gonna play a bit better second half, but again it was just like I I genuinely think it was a case of Celtic just turned up. Um, they did as you say they blitzed uh, Motherwell certainly first half hour um, first half really. If you think if you look at it, and I think even even at two 0 everyone um, around me was saying this is gonna be an absolute trouncing. There's there's no way we'll get back into it. So I suppose they will deserve a wee bit of credit for that. Um, they obviously I think the closest they came to to scoring was the the free kick for mm-hmm. um, um what's his name <laughs> Gilbert uh, Bidget mm-hmm. uh, which was very very unlucky actually. Um, and if that goes in, then maybe the game's differently, but. I think um, I think I think Celtic were always going to go going to win this game, and I think they just they turned up. They were in one of those moods, and it was fairly easy. I think both goals were oh, superb. Uh, I know the Cham one maybe took a wee slight deflection, but the McGregor one was just some straight, just mm. fantastic uh, first touch, and then just volleyed it in. It was a a real good day for Celtic, and uh, thoroughly deserved the deserved the win. Tom, as a as a I'll put neutral in in commas. Huh. Uh, how did you, how how did you how did you find the game? Did, were you like many others who thought that this was pretty shite? 
Yeah, it was a wee bit disappointing, wasn't it? I think maybe partly because of the weather, partly because of a few drinks to be undertaken before the game. You got yourself quite excited about the prospect of Motherwell firing all cylinders, maybe Celtic slightly off it, and we got the total opposite. Uh, it was just it was quite rem- reminiscent of games last season under Rodgers, I thought. Obviously, you two will know better, given having watched them a bit more than I did, but the the way they started just gave Motherwell absolutely no chance, which just reminded me quite a bit of last season. I think it was maybe different, though, from, from games like that in terms of we kind of... Like, I think last season, you probably... Celtic would have maybe won three or four mm. nils, as harsh as that is. Whereas we put our foot off the gas a wee bit um second half. Or, I mean, you could also say Motherwell... Um, Certainly up to performance, I think, and I think a big part of that was Carol McHugh uh, being mm. subbed. I know we've we've discussed him in the podcast um, a few times before, maybe not in uh, <laughs> in the most going of terms, but certainly in this game he he, he was he was not good. Um, had a real poor performance, and I think they did look a lot better when Bridget Amana uh, came on the came on the park. Um, would have been interested to see if. That had made any difference if he'd started, but of course I'm not going to not start with Carol McHugh given he's their captain. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm trying. I'm trying to think of the the kind of made the other kind of major talking points here. Um, the double. I mean the double treble. Um, it, it seemed really interesting because there was a kind of thought in my head of I think there's there's been a couple other teams that have come close to doing this and have like bottled it at the last stage. Did you have any thought of that going into the game, Lewis? That like, you know, the kind of weight of what was about to happen and all these kind of things. Because no, there was, there, think... there was, just it's interesting. Very quickly, you said, "No, I'm just going to jump right down your throat." Just having given yeah, a one-word answer. <laughs> this this final felt really, really different to last year. I felt. Yes. Yeah, it does. <laughs> um, again, there was a lot more. I feel it was more intangible as last year, but then there's also the fact that it's a double treble. I, I didn't I don't think I, I realised how kinda of big a thing it actually was until we'd actually done it. Mm. Um I think beforehand there's a lot of talk about it, but because it maybe hadn't been done before, nobody's really grasping the magnitude of it. it it's a weird one to kinda um sum up, but yeah, it was uh, it was it's it was just pretty mental. It's just for two seasons completely dominant domestically winning everything and uh, quite ironic as well that the amount of teams from out with the old firm that the won cups and um, trophies during Rangers absence and when Rangers are back in the division Celtic are the only team winning it yeah so um, yeah I, I think maybe didn't grasp the magnitude of it but certainly probably have now and and the light of Celtic actually managing to do it. Tom, is this is this Scottish football just done, finished? We know who have, everyone's gonna, ev- what team's gonna win? Just give the trophy season. to Celtic yes. before uh-huh. the season starts. Yeah, at the moment. Are yes. the are the are the English Nan Patter accounts correct? Mm-hmm. I think um, every Celtic win has to have an asterisk next to it. So every trophy because they've not faced United <laughs> under Rodgers. So until until we see a strong United, um, Scottish football will continue to. To fail, Scottish football needs a stronger United. <laughs> no, no. Um, I'm quite excited for next season, despite it being because obviously Celtic weren't the same beast 
as they were last year. They did look beatable and they were beatable this season. Um, and I don't want to say it, like every single um, English outlet saying, oh, that'll be Gerard giving him a, a good uh, fight for his money. Whereas I think now you might see Aberdeen push on a bit more, given the amount of change they had last summer. Um, they do. They will have another a slightly similar summer in that they do need a, a whole new mid, central midfield. Um, with the exception of Shinny and they've already got Lewis Ferguson coming in, but they probably need another couple. But if they can get that right, and I don't think there's as much pressure um, to get it or I, as there was last summer, replacing players like Hayes and McGinn. Um, and if they can get that right, I think Aberdeen can push out it right, uh, right the way in the league. And given the Cups, I think it's been quite a while since Rangers won it, if you follow that train of thought. Uh, if not, it's, the Rangers have never won it. Um, <laughs> I've seen a few, seen a few of that this weekend as well. Um, then you'd you'd think they would be more than eager to win a cup, and obviously you've got Steve Clark coming in at Killy, who, if he shows even three quarters of the form that he did when he came in, then there's absolutely no reason why they can't win a cup and even finish in the top three. Yeah. And obviously Lennon. I mean, as long as they don't, as long as they don't draw Aberdeen, they're pretty much nailed on to mm-hmm. at least get a double. <laughs> yeah. Uh, um, Motherwell, their second cup final mm. defeat of the season, which, you know, for in some instances is very, very disappointing, but considering they were, you know, bottom half team this season and, you know, maybe where they've, where they've been <coughs> in, recent, in recent times, this, this is a very, very good achievement. Yes, isn't it, Lewis? It depends on your point of view. <laughs> have they reached two cup finals or have they bottled two cup finals? <laughs> um, yeah. No, I think it is. I think you have to put it into context and think it definitely is. But again, it, it's still... It's still tinged with a bit of regret, really, in that they, they didn't really do anything in these cup finals. Uh, and it was the same team that bet, bet them both times. So... Uh, there's... Again, obviously as achievement given Motherwell's stature, and I think they certainly the the cup run that they, they they weren't playing mugs on the way to there. You know they 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 beat they beat good teams on the route to the final. Um, it wasn't an easy draw for them, so also, they, they also, certainly. Sorry, sorry. I was going to say like also in their in their recent history, getting to cup finals hasn't exactly been something they've done. Regularly, I mean, even under the kind of you know mm. very good team that that McCall built, um, they reached one cup final. Yeah, yeah, it's not. <laughs> it's um, not. It's not an easy thing done, and it's not a thing done regularly by Motherwell. <laughs> yeah, no, that's that, That's uh, that's very true. Um, I, th- I just think as well as if you're a Motherwell fan, you you are a bit. I mean, it has been a long time, nineteen ninety one, and yeah, I know what you're saying. It certainly during probably the their best period certainly in our lifetimes and never really maybe should have reached more cup finals or whatever um, but I mean 1991 not to win anything since then you look at some of the teams around them that have uh, the likes of Kelly um, St Johnston even Ross County and Vernes teams like that have all kind of had their moment in, in the sun and Motherwell still haven't so I have a lot of sympathy for, for the Motherwell fans in that respect but um it still is. It, 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 there's no taking away. It's still a, a big achievement. And as I said, they, they, they're playing top teams on the on the route to both finals. So it was um, certainly a big achievement on its own. Could you look at this another way, Tom? In a case that 
all of these other teams have kind of had the moment in the sun over the past couple of years since say twenty twelve, and it's just unfortunate that that Motherwell's time has come when they're playing arguably the best Celtic team in a decade or two. Yeah, of course they did have that really strong call team, which you think maybe should have won more, and they did really mm. well in the league, better than or sort of similar to what Aberdeen are doing at the moment. Um, and yeah, they were just so unfortunate because I think you're doing well to even beat. Um, Celtic in a, in, a, in a league game that doesn't matter that much to them as a lot of them do tend to at the end of the season um, let alone a cup final to secure an absolutely amazing historic um, tr- double treble which was what um, Saturday was um, Right, okay is, is there anything else we should really we should really add about this? The, the kind of I'm trying to think of the kind of generic what the hell is that about things that usually go along with these games Michael Buffer being there we kind of talked about that um, yeah that was just like <laughs> <sighs> incredibly bizarre um, for someone like myself <laughs> it's kind of it watches a lot of boxing watches a lot of wrestling as well yes. obviously Buffer done the uh, WCW back in the day that's, uh, that's, what, and... that's what did them in wasn't it <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he, he, I remember him. He, 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 he I think it was it was Bret Hart. He called something. Uh, he he called him something ridiculous, like um, Brian Hart or something like that. Like t- totally just messed up the name. But um, I just completely, <laughs> completely bizarre seeing him and on on the pitch and stuff. And it was weird as well because he he seemed to be like really up for it. Like talking about the atmosphere and talking about the fans and that and how excited he was and um so I hope he was I hope he had a good day uh, and he comes back for some more games maybe I don't know. <laughs> he did he did incredibly well with the names beforehand I'll have, I'll I'll give him that I never heard that because I don't because we were watching uh, the BBC coverage and they they basically just got him saying let's get ready to rumble they didn't get him saying the teams or that so. <laughs> No, it, which I mean, is a bit disappointing from, but I'll, I'll maybe look it up and find it from what I could hear from the Hamden PA um, he did he did really well with the names there was no there was no moment where you were just like that's not how you pronounce Semyonovich but no he did he did very well <laughs> Dougie Ross right, do we want to... was good oh yes that was yeah Always for people of a certain political yeah. political persuasion that was uh, yeah always good to see a, sadly sad... an official on his arse oh. and then when it's a Tory that's even better <laughs> Sadly, we don't have our only representative from Murray on the podcast. It would have been interesting to hear his thoughts. <laughs> I'm trying. I'm trying to think of some kind of witty um, tie-in with with gypsies or something, but we'll just leave it. <laughs> An ancient curse. Um, right, we should. Uh, <laughs> do to move on to the weekend's other big game? Yes, let's do it. Right, lads. Partick Thistle nil, Livingston won. So it was 3-1 to Livingston and aggregate. Livingston are promoted to the Premiership. Thistle down. Um, now, I was, at, I was at Tim Fest 2018 um, on Sunday, so sadly <laughs> sadly I missed this. Um, <clears throat> Tom, did, did you catch the game? What did you think of it? I did indeed. Um, the, it was incredibly, incredibly frustrating from a personal point before we get into the more narrative of the game um, given how just poor lacklustre Partick were because United as bad as we are could have at least given them a game we would have found a way to get a beat but 
they were so so <laughs> bad and Livingston were absolutely deserved from the semi-finals right through to Sunday um, were deserved to go through and look every bit of Premiership side they've got such a clear way of playing and I think they've received a bit of criticism um, from from some saying it's long ball football <laughs> it's not pleasant to watch but mm. if you watch it as a neutral it's actually quite interesting it's direct I wouldn't say it's long ball and they do have a clear when the ball goes to Miller Robinson Pittman and whoever if they're playing wing packs or the full backs get up near um, near to them and it's quite interesting to see because it might not be the um, total football Johan Cruyff way but there is it is very entertaining to watch and Sunday's game was a master class from Livingston not that it needed to be given just how poor a part it were you, just, you would have thought it was the first leg and it didn't really need a result um, one player that was alright was Spittle who just hasn't been good this season he was okay, he was at least trying things. But beyond that, I can't think of anyone that caught the eye at all. Um, over the two legs, Doolin's obviously got his goal uh, in the first leg. But beyond that, there was so, so little. And it's absolutely no surprise to see Partick down. Um, it, it was quite interesting, like because um, I've only been able to see the, the highlights of it. But it did look like, you know, Livingston... The the thistle were were putting a bit of, of pressure on, but there was there was only maybe one or two saves yeah. you saw from from Alexander where you're thinking. I mean, obviously, the penalty and there was a spittle one in the in the first half. We thought that's a really really good save, but there was no moments where you're thinking like, Jesus man, thistle are thistle are you know, you know really putting the pressure on here. It's only a matter of time. It it didn't really seem that way from what I saw. From what I saw, they just co- they they couldn't break obviously down. They just couldn't do it. It was. They really struggled with that aspect, and yeah, I think I was surprised in some ways just how well Livingston defended. Um, but just Partick, their their attack was so lacklustre. Um, it's it's. I mean, I, I can't as you said the your point there about the fact that there wasn't any really real clear cut chances. I mean, I think that just. It's testament to how well Livingston defended. I think uh, Neil Alexander deserves a lot of praise, mm. especially this season. I was stunned that um, I think it was Hearts who let him go, and um, was quite surprised he went to Livingston. Uh, I, I thought maybe someone else would pick him up, but it's he he's been a real kind of under underrated. I feel key to the success this season because they need a good goalkeeper if they're going to play this kind of uh, style of football. Uh, I th- yeah, I thought Livingston were well worth the win. There was no doubt that they were a better team over the two legs, and it'll be good to see Alan go <laughs> potential in the top flight next season, which is still just uh, it's, it's something that um, I-, I can't quite believe. I can't quite believe that Livingston have actually managed it. It's really it says a lot that the only two teams that have managed to get promoted via the playoffs uh, are Hamilton and Livingston to so-called minnows, whereas the the big guns and Rangers, United and um, Falkirk I mean, as well. I mean, have <laughs> have have, have struggled through those playoffs as well, you know. It's, yeah. Um, yeah. We'll kind of we'll, we'll we'll come on to the kind of nature of the playoffs in in just a wee bit. Um, but Thistle next season, they're going to be playing in the championship. Um, 
They're just going to be gutted, I think. Because uh, I, I think that, that that whole team will be gutted. Um, I think there's a lot of players there that top flight teams would fancy in their side. Uh, and I just... I, I can't see it being the same again, I think. Um, I think it'll be a real, real difficult season next year for, uh, for Thistle and maybe underestimate just how hard it is getting out of that league. Um because there's teams in there that have been down for mm. for years. I was going to. I mean, I know this is a sentence that you've been able to see. You've been able to say since probably like two thousand eleven. But like, that division looks incredibly tough. Like, mm. <laughs> the, 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 unless there's reconstruction and the, and they 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 extend or they they, uh, ah, they they make the top flight bigger. That that league is going to be horrible for teams to get out for a long long time. Maybe Maxwell can throw his weight around the mm. SNP and get something sorted. <laughs> but, um, nah, I think it, it's as you said. Every year it's it's tough, and um, especially this year it's it's different. I think which is good. Um, there's a lot of different teams in there. Path that haven't been down for a while. Air are back in, and it'll be a different Air United, uh, Alwa as well. Obviously, um, been a few years since they've been in it, so uh, all change, and yeah, I think it will be a real competitive division again. I can see. You worried about Thistle being in? Sorry, <laughs> sorry, Tom. I was just about to say. I think I could see Partick having a fairly similar season to Inverness, uh, given how much change is going to be at the club, given how the staggered the amount of players are out of contract. Um, and I think the amount of reconstruction. It's not a league where you can just buy a new whole new team, or say buy getting mm. a new whole team, which is what United have done for the last two years, and it's just not worked. Clearly, I think the best way to go about it is continuity, which is what Hopkin kept emphasising. Um, after the game on Sunday just saying that a lot of these players or the majority of them were there last season um, and you look at the teams that have struggled just uh, banded together at the start of the season which is probably what Partick Thistle are looking at which can conceivably see them flirting with relegation at the start and you'd imagine given the budget they'd probably pull away from it like Inverness have um, I'll, like Quite a lot has been made of the whole kind of Livingston like um do we, do we want to use the word journey? Um, I mean, it's, it's it's basically been a decade since you know the kind of you know, border. I mean, the I mean there was an insolvency event. Was it administration? They were almost liquidated. Yeah, they were in the they were in the bottom division, um, and yeah, they've just had they've had to call their way back up. Um, I think is the bigger story is obviously the back to back promotion aspect mm-hmm. of it, which is in this day and age is like. It's very, very just staggering, like, yeah. really. Absolutely staggering. Um, and I know people will talk about it, but I mean, Jack Ross getting manager of the year looks a bit <laughs> somewhat silly now. Um, I know obviously how it's kind of done, and it's in terms of the votes and stuff, and you, you kind of take that away. But if they're just doing it purely on achievement, then I think Hopkins probably has to has to be in there. Um, and I think just the job he's done there has been outstanding. I remember watching him last season. Uh, and they were, to be fair, they were a cut above everyone else in League One, but so have a lot of teams. A lot of teams have uh, scoosed that league and they've struggled in the Championship. And for Livingston to not only get into the playoffs, first time of asking, but to get promoted uh, via the playoffs, which is seen as this uh, impossible task by, if you speak to certain uh, people... It's just uh, it's a, 
a, a <laughs> stunning achievement. Um, do you want to do you want to talk about the the kind of the, the playoffs in general? Um, and mm. probably probably <clears throat> emphasise more what an incredible job uh, Livingston have done, because as we mentioned earlier, they're the only team to be promoted since the playoffs were implemented since Hamilton. Yes. Um, now, obviously, there's debate um, <clears throat> between people in the podcast about. <laughs> why Hamilton were promoted that season, whether it was a case of Hamilton were an exceptional squad that year or whether Hibs were one of the worst teams ever to play in the top flight or both. Um, does this does this mean, do you think that Livingston getting promoted like this, that the, the structure will stay the same because you can point to this and go, well, it can actually be done? Or do you think there will still be a push for them to change the playoff structure because it is kind of viewed as still quite unfair? Lewis. I, I still think it's I still think it's a bit unfair. Um in saying that though I think well before before these games the, the reasoning for, for Hibs going down and Hamlet get promoted was Hibs is not finding form or, or being on just awful form going into Hamilton finding form at the at the last moment and just those that that clashing basically <clears throat> could be a, a similar situation this time. Obviously, they found form at the right time. Um, I don't even think it's an asp. Uh, it's Thistle being on bad form though. I just don't think they've ever picked up. Because I mean, Thistle think... did. You know, by getting by getting a win, they did. You know, yeah. Delay relocation on the final, uh, the final day of the league season. I don't know if it's. They've just not understood the managers. Maybe they've underestimated the playoffs, given how easy it, it it seems to have been for the Premiership side to to stay in the division. But I I'm not sure exactly what it is now. Uh, this certainly kind of just throws a spanner into any kind of theories people people had before going into it. But um, I I don't I still think it maybe if you're if you're talking about it in general terms, I think it, it could be fairer. But again, Robinson have just they've shown that um, it's it's maybe not as unfair as people point out. Tom, you must agree with that, surely? No, I don't. Um, <laughs> and I, I think for once, I'm not contradicting myself here. Um, but the playoffs I've said in the past, I still think it is weighted in the favour of the second place championship side. And I understand that, given they've had the best season of the four, they would qualify for the playoffs, regardless of what format you go for, if you take the, the format of the, the Championship in League One, League Two plus. Um, just the Championship League One, even. Um, and I understand you do want to make it easier for the, the better teams, but I just don't understand why there isn't a semi-final into a final as opposed to a quarter-final, because it's just exhausting for the players. It, it just—I just think it's simply unfair on the teams that finish third and fourth. And yes, I understand that there needs to be um, rewards for finishing higher, and it needs to be harder for this, those finishing bottom, uh, third and fourth. Um, and I think I think um, that that would be totally fair if you've had Dunfermline against Partick in a semi-final, and us against Livingston, because you'd imagine you still get the same final. Because obviously Livingston beat us over two legs, and I would bet them to do it if it was a semi-final, uh, if it was in that format as well. Because um, that was, I, I don't think fitness was that much of an issue in the end. I think we did look tired in comparison to Livingston, but um, that wasn't why we were beating. We were beating because we we're simply not a good enough side, and Livingston are a good side. Um, I just, I just see that being a, um, a tenfold 
fairer system, having a semi-final final as opposed to having to play potentially six games to get promoted in the space of however many days it is. Um, I think that is fair. No. Sorry, just to kind of no, go for round that point off. I think that is fair. I I, I agree with you, mm-hmm. but you could also look at the fact that Livingston are getting promoted regardless of the system. If you're good enough, you're going to get promoted regardless. And both, <laughs> it just so happens that it's Livingston and Hamilton that are, are the better sides in this one. I, I, I do get what you're saying, though, and I think if an ideal world they'd maybe have a fairer system, but end of the day, Livingston are their merit and they've, it, it shows you maybe the, the the size of the achievement given that the players, as you say, they are, they are weighted in the favour of the Premiership side. Everyone knows that. Um, but yeah, it's just uh, it is, it is uh, a big achievement and um, it shows that it's I don't know what I'm saying here, but I big achievement for <laughs> playing and David Hawking. Right on that note, boys, is there anything else we want to talk about uh, with regard to the playoff, or do we want to do we want to move on? Let's move on. Let us move on. Right. Okay. So. That's that's a that's the season done, finito. Um, so we're gonna we're gonna go through all of the the Premiership teams and we're gonna give them a score, out of ten. Um, and then you're gonna have to then you're gonna have to justify your score. All right. Okay. <laughs> right. We'll start off. Um, going out of bed, Lord. We'll start off with Aberdeen. Okay, Lewis. Where would you, rank Aberdeen hmm. out of ten? We'll go with we'll go with scores first and then. Then we'll get you to justify it. I'm going to give them a six. And Tom? And that's maybe... Oh, oh sorry, there you go. I went for a 6.5. Oh, get... Come on. We're not, we're not going at a 0.5s here. Six or seven. <laughs> I'll go seven then, just to be a wee bit different. Yeah, I'll go, I'll go, I'll go a seven out of ten as well. Right, Lewis, why there's six? Uh, I think it's been I mean it, it's weird obviously because you're looking at Aberdeen and they're sitting second in the table from that point of view it's been a very successful season I think they have fixed uh, some problems from last year in terms of beating teams below them um, or certainly in, in the bottom six anyway the bottom half of the table whereas last year they maybe have a few games with it they maybe struggled they'd have an off day somewhere St Johnston or, or what not Hamilton as well been a bit of a bogey or boger team um, in, in recent years but they've they've cut that out completely uh, what's really been disappointing for Aberdeen this season has been their games against the, the better teams in the division and obviously you can point to the game against Celtic and say that's kind of changed however my point uh, after that game was that all Aberdeen need to do next season is lose to Rangers, to Hibs, to Hearts. One game and it'll be it'll be back all the talk about bottlers and they can't do it in the big games and, and whatever. Um so I think from that point of view it's not been great. The cups as well, it's been compared to last season. I know obviously you can't you're not always gonna Playing in both finals of the cup competitions, I know last year was a bit um bit different in that regard, but still it has has to be looked at as a as a disappointment uh, in regards to the domestic cups for Aberdeen. Um, 
so yeah, I think I think six is probably fair. Um, some signings haven't worked out for them. Some have. Um, I'd say probably the majority have been underwhelming for Aberdeen. Uh, and I think as well, you look at the points tally they've got this year. It's uh, I think it's definitely more than. I'm right saying it's more than it has been the last couple of seasons. I could be wrong. I'll I'll check that before I uh, nail my colours in a mask. But certainly, I think it's been a bit disappointing. But overall, I think the fact they've finished second has probably saved them. Tom, a seven. Why a seven? Just, I think as I mentioned earlier, um, given the restructuring that he had to do, two massive players in Hazem again weren't there and. I think it's easier to replace a player that plays down the middle. I think it's easier to assess what who's a good centre back, centre midfielder, or striker, even a keeper. Um, I think it's harder to find a winger that is as good or better is what, but that's probably what you'd be hoping for a better winger, um, but or is comparable to McGinn and Hayes. I think they're massive. I think you could probably afford to lose one of them at the start of the season. Um, but given that you lost both of them. I think it was always going to be incredibly hard, particularly given Hibs were back and Rangers were stronger than last season, maybe. I don't know. Very similar to last season, but obviously Hibs were better and um, Kilmarnock's rise, despite um, surrendering quite a lot of points to uh, to, to Herb McInnes. Um, I think just given that, only just slightly better than Kyle. As I said, it was a 6.5. I like to stand by that, but given we've got Kent and Natsu on um, no. we must stick to our boxes um, so I, I think that's probably where Aberdeen fans can be happy without being ecstatic and um, not wanting rid of McInnes I think if it was much worse I think if they'd finished fourth in the end maybe not quite the last couple of days of the season I think if they'd um, bottled the top six which they were more than capable of given um their records against Celtic Rangers um, if they'd done that and they'd maybe finished fourth and there was a wee bit of a gap between them I think maybe McInnes would be about under a bit of pressure but the total opposite and I think he's got 11 points in the, in the top six um, which is an incredible achievement and I think that that as you said will stand him a good said for next season okay Um yeah, I mean, I think pretty much all the points I was going to make have been there. I think it probably would have been an 8 or a 9 if they'd managed to pick up a win against Rangers or Celtic before the split because they would have gone into it probably in a title race. Mm-hmm. But they aren't anymore. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> right, OK, we'll move on. Um, C, C for Celtic. Tom. I had, another say, I had 7.5 written down, but I need to be careful with 0.5s in camps here. Um, <laughs> I'll go 8 then. I'll go up again. I'll give them eight. An eight. Lewis, what are you going with? I will go seven. Yeah. I would have if if we were allowed decimal points. I would have gone eight point five, but I'll stick at eight as well. Tom, why did you go with eight? It seems quite harsh given a team that's just done a treble, an eight, as opposed to <laughs> what really is a ten of a season. Yes. Um, uh-huh. But you have to compare it to last season, and they just weren't as good. I think they got the same amount of clean sheets, I think I'm right in thinking that. But they didn't score as many goals. And they, they conceded the same amount mm-hmm. of goals, conceded 25. Um, and obviously they got quite a lot less points. Was it, They got into 100, like, obviously, yeah, didn't, they did, didn't they? Um, mm-hmm. And they have been quite 
hard to watch at times. I think they maybe it was similar to Rodgers' season after he won or finished second with Liverpool, where he sort of experimented a bit more. Didn't really know his best team at times. Seems to sort of levelled out at the end of the season, given the team on Saturday is probably his best team. Be experimented with it, and I don't think it helped having three very, very good strikers. I think he maybe would have preferred to have maybe two. Maybe that's been a bit uh, cynical, given that you always want an incredibly strong squad. Maybe it was just too strong the strikers. It's hard to really get one playing regularly and scoring goals. And I think... I, I just feel so bad giving them an eight. Because winning a treble, winning um, winning a back-to-back treble just seems like it deserves a ten, but I don't think you can give a ten. If last season was a ten, then this season definitely isn't. Lewis... What yes. did you, you, um, what did you go with? Seven? Yes. Jesus, man. <laughs> One away from eight, which is what you gave. But uh, yes, I'm giving it a seven based wholly on um, the league. I think in terms of the actual cops, I think you can't fault Celtic at all. Um, they've turned up in every game, really, for the cup competitions. Uh, and the, these are... The, you know these are big games, and to be fair in the league as well, the majority uh, Celtic have turned up for. Of course, there has been a few big games. Um, even the last game of the season, Aberdeen, consider that a big game. A few games against Hibs were not performed. <laughs> even the Hearts four uh, 0 If you want to go into that as well, in the league, it's 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 felt like a transitional season, which obviously you're never gonna be as as good as last season and that's fair enough when nobody is expecting the same amount of points that we know they's really expecting an unbeat season again um, but it's just not it, it just feels like we've regressed certainly in terms of the league um, obviously again you look at it on paper you look it's, it's a treble Celtic have won three trophies again it's hard to find faults on paper but then you look a bit deeper you look at their individual performances in games uh, you look at individual players the likes of Sinclair no one near as good as last season he was arguably one of our best players last season Dembele okay he's been injured um, but again still not been anywhere near as good as last season Griffiths injured no one near as good as last season Armstrong again you could talk about injured he was injured as well but um certainly the start of the year was the uh, head was in a total different different place and um, there has been players that have uh, continued their good form like Tierney's been excellent Brown obviously McGregor and I think the season's been largely carried by those those players but um, a lot of players even the defence as well um, obviously Bayata's probably the obvious one um, I think a lot of Celtic fans have changed their opinion on him based on just this one season although I think to be fair he's He's uh, he's kind of came into his own a wee bit um, in the last stage of the of the season, but um, yeah, it's just it's individually. I think in a lot of the, a lot of the games this season, not been up to up to scratch, and it has looked like we've been in transition. Um, but again, you'll carry it, and it's still been a incredibly successful season for Celtic, and they've done everything that's been asked of them. It's just the way they've done it is why I've probably given a seven and been quite harsh. Um, I would I would only really drop points this season for uh, Europe. <laughs> um, Are we including Europe though? Well, that... 
I, I, well, I would. If not, if not, it's a nine for me. <laughs> um, mm. I mean, I, I understand that you know to to go on a decent European one, you do kind of sacrifice league form, and you can kind of see that a wee bit from Celtic. Um, I mean, they're kind of. But they didn't go on a good European. No, that's that's part of the problem. I would say you know the, kind of, the major <laughs> defeat to Hearts comes not long, you know, kind of in between. Um, you know European games and the, the yeah they they lose to they lose to Kilmarnock not I'm gonna say not long after no no it's before the Zenit game so okay Christ knows why I'm thinking that then but yeah I mean there is a kind of understand okay you maybe sacrifice a bit in the league if you're wanting a decent European run and the European run was pretty shy I mean won one game in the Champions League won one game in the Europa League the qualifiers are fairly straightforward but. I mean, you can't, you can't. I don't think you, you, you definitely can't fault the cups. I mean, the, mm, yeah. <laughs> they, they, they only concede goals in one game in the Scottish Cup, and they basically, I mean, the the finals, the only game where Celtic don't score four in the League Cup. So, <laughs> there's no real problems there. But yeah, I would say the kind of the the league form dropping. You could understand that if Europe was decent, but it wasn't really, right. Do you want to move on? Do you want to move on to Dundee? Tom, yes. what are you going with? I think Dundee a four. Lewis? I'll give him a five. I've gone for a five as well. Right. I suppose we'll go back and forth. Lewis, justify a five. <sighs> it's not been... I don't know if maybe Dundee fans are expecting to kick on. Um, it's just it's just been the same as every season they've been in the top flight pretty much um, they've they've avoided relegation um, but they've not done anything else of note it's been a pretty average season for Dundee I think there's I think it comes down to to me I think it comes down to a, a lack of consistency I think there's players there that on their day you know when they're performing they're they are good, and you know as we've seen some, as we've seen from Kelly, um, if you have players um playing at a consistent level, they can do kind of special things. But Dundee just don't have that at all. Like the only player I can think of that has been pretty consistent for them this season has been Glenn Kamara. Um, the rest of the players of and even even him, he's been he's been up and down as well at, at times. Um. I think the rest of them have really flattered in a lot of games. Um, and it's been... I think a lot of it is, is harsh. Maybe it comes down to McCann. I just don't know if he's... I'm still not convinced by him. Um, obviously, they've they've avoided relegation, which I suppose is probably the, the main aim uh, going into the season. But you have to, as well, a club the size of Dundee, you have to be looking at... Challenges for top six, and I've not even they've not came close to that since they've, um, they've been in the top fight, or at least they've they've not looked like a top six team, um, so I think, yeah, a a very average season, um, for Dundee. Tom, you've gone slightly lower. Yeah, it probably I'd... be higher. Um, had McCann not at the start of the season said he is aiming for a top six finish. Hmm. Um, <laughs> That's they were never going to get it. Given it was the strongest uh, Premiership season in a long time, uh, 
there was really only the one place to fight for. You'd imagine, you'd you'd expect the top four, and Hearts to finish top, uh, top six, and obviously Killy that run that Steve Clark took them on, blew blew any chance of any other team really. It wasn't that close going into the, the last weekend of the regular season at all, and Dundee were miles off it, and were far far more concerned with relegation from virtually the first game of the season right the way through. They only just um, really secured their top flight status given they had quite a good run in the split. They only lost two games, one of which didn't matter to them at all against part of the last day of the season. Um, and the other was against Motherwell side for the very first game of it. And it, after that, you thought, well, Dundee might be um, in a bit of bother here. It turns out they weren't, and credit McCann in that sense. He did have quite a good summer in terms of recruitment. Glenn Kamara obviously has been the standout. I think they could fetch a just about a seven-figure sum for him in the summer, depending on who all gets involved. Uh, it seems like English um, top-flight clubs want him. I think Bournemouth, um, Swansea. Was it Swansea yeah, as well? Yeah, relegated. I think the uh, well. yeah, Celtic and Rangers have both been linked. I don't know how um, true those links are, given they've both got an absolute um, depth of central midfielders. Um, I'd, I'd be surprised if he did if he did leave and he stayed in Scotland. I think he'd be the perfect fit for Aberdeen. But I don't think they can afford to be paying a million pounds for uh, any player, let alone one person, a player that's had one good season in his career. There's clearly a player in Kamara, and credit to McCann for finding that because he Kamara could easily just be one of those players that um, drifted off after leaving a huge big club in Arsenal. Um, but testament to McCann and Kamara as a person that he didn't just see Dundee as oh I'm too good for this level. Given he has played for the Arsenal first team in the past, he has. Um, thrived in this team and quite a pure team at that um, and you look at their their team sort of man for man individually the players that they brought in Musa uh, done quite well had a very poor I'll say middle but it was a bit longer than middle he started quite well in the um, League Cup and he ended quite well he ended up being top goal scoring scoring quite a few goals for them uh, quite a few important goals even and you look at their players individually Cocker Cammy Kerr um, Darnell Day there's good players there are players that have done well in the past, Elliot Parish. But as a defence, they just don't seem to work. And I think that's partly down to the left-hand side. Kevin Holt and um, Bass John, I don't think, are very good defenders. Both good going forward, particularly Bass John. Um, and I think that the weak side, and they've released them both. I was surprised they released them both. I thought they might have at least kept one of them, probably Kevin Holt, given that that means they'll need at least, well, they'll need at least a left-back, probably two now. They can take Tam Scobie, he's going, hopefully. Um, but you look at the team man for man, and you, there is quite a lot of talent in that squad. Um, I think it would help if they had Craig White in fit, and it's nice to see him back playing, because I think he could be quite an important player for Dundee next season, and hopefully a future Scotland international, because there clearly is a player in there. I don't know if it's as a central striker. I think he's maybe better in a three behind. Um but I think given McCann's lofty expectations at the start of the season, that puts a real dent on the season. And I think it, his constant excuses as well, particularly towards referees, when they have just been beaten by it, like, particularly after the Motherwell game in the split where he blamed the referee for a handball, which was well before the incident was given, a good 10 seconds before they went on and got the foul. And then 
it was a free kick that they had the chance to defend, but they didn't. And yet it was still the referee's fault. Uh, that, coupled with the Scott Bain incident, I don't think he handled that well. Um, McCann's first full season as a manager probably, given what he ex- what he was clearly telling people he expected at the start of the season, hasn't been good enough, and that's why he came in before. Do you think that do you think that derailed Dundee's season to any to any extent? The kind of losing Hendry and well, I mean Bain to some extent, but. Mm-hmm. Bain wasn't playing at yeah. the time though. No. He had the fall on it. That um, that kind of that kind of three way split or split, sorry, uh, the, the kind of three way transfer that happened, do you think that kind of derailed their season? Because it didn't really seem like I mean it did seem slightly worse off as a result of that transfer window. Yeah. Do you um, think that you could say, Okay, that's that's maybe part of the reason why the the, the wheels came off or do you think it's just institutional problems there that's just not going to be solved <laughs> I think there is a problem there and it is McCann unfortunately I, 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 I think he's quite a good manager I just don't think he's going to take them top six which seems to be his ambition which is probably matched by the board given the wages um, and yeah that, that trade they did come off quite badly they lost um, Scott Allen who while he wasn't playing was should have been playing more than he was he was, play, was played out of position yeah um, and they did have the sort of formation that suited him, that sort of similar the formation that seen them get the best out of him at Hibs, where they have midfielders around him and either wing backs or wingers, um, either side, and for whatever reason it just didn't work. And you just thought, so you could get Scott Allen playing regularly behind a striker or two, in Musa, and probably Leach Smith because they wouldn't have had Murray when Allen was there. Um, I think he probably would be more used than Murray. Murray has been all right, and you you know what you're really going to get with Simon Murray. A lot of running, not a lot of goals at this stage in his career. Maybe a bit more as he gets more used to finding balls in the box, given the amount of chances he miss. He misses even. It's just staggering for a player that's quite well thought of in the game, uh, but looks like he's maybe not going to be a Hibs player for much longer. Uh, I, yeah, I, I don't think it quite derailed them in terms of they were doing well and then they weren't doing well after it. I think it was more they had to come to terms with they lost quite a good player in Scott Allen that they weren't playing, they weren't using properly when he was playing. And then maybe it just suited McCann to have a player like Murray, maybe it was more his style um, or what they needed more. But they did come off particularly badly in that and they didn't really have a plan for um, Hendry going either. Despite it being pretty clear... He was heading to Celtic quite early on. I mean, it did take quite a while to go through. Um, and then just a couple of days after, they signed Kasunga, the centre half, and you thought, right, that's them. That's them maybe plugged that gap. They've got quite a few under-20s who they did really well this season. They finished second in the league. Um, and Kerr Waddle, who played a bit more than before there. Um, and then they always had uh, Jeffries, who came in at the end of the season as well, who were both quite highly thought of and they already had a few centre halves anyway and then he thought right that's them got quite a lot of centre halves now I remember thinking after it how are these guys all going to fit in if Kasunga is the, is expected to come in and start which he did mostly and then they signed Cocker not long after and it was just it seemed a bit like a wee boy in football manager when he's given a budget he, he'll he immediately address the problem as quickly as possible and then he sees someone like Cocker a big name and he thinks right there we go, that's it, sorry, without realising he's now got seven first-team centre-halves, which actually came in handy at the end of the season, given out the injuries, but there's no way he was planning for that. Um, the, that sort of 
I don't know if it's a pad management or not, but it just seemed a bit poorly planned. I'll give it. I'll say that. Poorly thought out. Right. Okay. Um, do you want to have a? Do you want to move on to Hamilton? Right, mm-hmm. Lewis. What would you give Hamilton? <sighs> I've been kind of debating this one. Um, <laughs> I'm gonna give them. I'm gonna give them a five as well, um, and that's maybe quite harsh. Tom. So this would be a good one for half marks, eh, Kemp? Given you're debating it so fiercely. <laughs> um, I gave Hamilton a four, the same as Dundee. Um, if five, if five is pass marks, they get a five. Mm. Mm. Lewis. Yeah, I think. Listen, I think they deserve a bit of credit, given they lost a million pounds, uh, this season. <laughs> yeah, and uh, and it wasn't like it happened at the end of the season. This happened right at the right in the middle of the season. So, I think Cannon deserves some credit, especially January. Um, saying that though, I think it's still listen. Obviously, their aim is to sustain the division I think they've had some good performances uh, the one that sticks out was obviously um, Ibrox uh, against Rangers but they've had some other good performances in that as well I think what's really let them down this season is defensively they've conceded the most amount of goals in the league um, I think just lucky for them is that they've they've had players and the one player that kind of st- sticks out for me is Templeton uh, these players have, have kept them in division um, and I think without them they would have been really struggling Templeton in particular has been a real talisman for them and it is, it is good to see him back to back to his best because I think a lot of people just thought he'd be he was done after his, uh, his spell at Rangers but um, he's shown that at Hamilton he's still, he's still got a lot of a lot of talent and a lot to give and he I think without him they would have really struggled this season and they might have went down um, they were four points off off the bottom um, again obviously you have to put it in context they are everyone's favourites for relegation every season so I think, I think literally is everyone the on the podcast uh, yeah. said they would probably get relegated <laughs> or would be yeah, in I, the playoff I, at least it's the same every year it's you know, it's, it's Hamilton's time and I suppose even your carrot they've, they've finished a, a place above uh, where they were last season because obviously they went into the playoffs last season so maybe more successful in that, in that point of view but um, I don't know I, I think it's still fairly average and I think five's a, a fair mark for Hamilton Thomas what have you gone for? Four Just yeah four. given that I, I do feel I've been quite harsh here given they have finished um, harder than they did last season uh, and did secure that a wee bit earlier on as well it wasn't quite last day well it, it sort of was if there was a massive goal swing but I don't think that was never coming um, so maybe a four is quite harsh I think it probably is actually <laughs> thinking about it but defensively they've been all over the place which is not something you would expect for a manager who used to be a defender maybe that's too simplistic that really annoys me when you've got a, a manager who used to be a defender 
especially one who was a defender very recently. And I don't know if he still is or not, if he's still technically a player, Martin Cannon. He might have to be, given the, <laughs> the losses next season. Or the losses from this season. Um, but the, 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 that does annoy me when a manager, a defender, as a pure defensively. But they have been really good going forward. And I th- be interested to see what they do next season, given that Templeton looks like he's away. Um, but... Ali Crawford will be away yeah, as well. I suppose, and he's out of contract. Mm, I suppose not really much of a loss from this season. No, I think it's interesting that because I think if he had left last mm-hmm. season, then everyone would have. Well, obviously, everyone had them as favourites for the allegations, so it probably wouldn't have changed anything. But I think for people would have kind of nailed, nailed them as favourites, and they would have been uh, quite heavy favourites for for going down, mm-hmm. um, because he was so pivotal last season. This season, as you said, he's probably not been. Mm-hmm. Uh, anyone near his best and it's probably worked out alright for them in that sense but um, I think Templeton as I said huge player this season I think without him they'd be getting I, I genuinely think they would have been relegated without Templeton this season um, and so obviously he's just he will be somebody that will be very hard to replace mm-hmm. um, the only thing I'd say given that they, they, they are safe and they're always involved in it but you sort of they were always favourites to stay up, I thought, um, after maybe February, when it really did look like Partick were stuck in it. Because um, they were the ones from the start of the season you thought, right, this will just be a blip, Archwald will turn around like he has done in the past. But Partick and Ross County have just been so, so bad this season. Whereas previously, they've had one really, truly awful side who just cut adrift quite early on. And I think I'll probably make a similar point with Ross County. Um, despite them being quite close points wise um, they have sort of looked doomed very early on um, and Partick as we've seen have just been so bad, no clear way of playing and in fairness to Hamlet I think they do know what they are doing if they do concede quite a lot of goals um, they are they are quite a good team to watch in terms of getting the ball down, I think that's one thing Cannon's quite good at and you think if he maybe if Cannon was given a bigger budget, which you'd imagine he just absolutely isn't this summer given the mm-hmm. the said losses, um, he could actually turn them into quite a decent team because he does have quite an eye for a player. It looks given the players that they seem to sign are just from if Dundee signing a player from Kidderminster a couple of days ago was left field. This is I don't know I don't know what field this is on, but it's not the left field. Um, so far left it's right field (laughs) Um, the horseshoe mm -hmm. (laughs) (laughs) I do sympathise with Cannon because I think he does get constantly um, overlooked for jobs and you think a lot of managers would struggle with a budget um, the size of Hamilton's and they would maybe resort to just signing players that we've all heard of that sort of um, Paradox will end up doing um, this season like Spittle, Gary Woods, who done okay, but not really that good. Um, whereas you think the players that uh, Hamilton seem to bring in, who maybe aren't quite prolific or incredibly consistent, but do tend to pop up when it's important. Or not, not, not even when it's important, but they tend to get results that get overlooked in, the, in amongst the fixture list. And then you realise, how have Hamilton got so many points? And then you go back on it and they've picked up results here and there throughout the season. And you think, that's incredibly impressive. And I don't want to say condescending, but I just think Cannon, he, he he can't be far off a big job. And 
I don't think it needs to be a, that big a job, but I'd be surprised if McCann lasts forever, or not forever, but a long, long time at Dundee. And it looks like the St Mirren job might be up for grabs by the end of the next week. And I just I think he will be overlooked for both of those jobs if they are to become available, but I, I think both the sides could do a lot worse than Cannon. Right, lads, the one we've all been waiting for. Heart of Midlothian. They knocked Hibs out of the cup and stopped them finishing second. Ten out of ten. Lewis. <laughs> <laughs> oh, obviously, when you put that uh, in the perspective, obviously it's a ten. Uh, no, I'm giving them a four. Four. Tom, what are you going for? I've given them a five. Whose turn is it to go first this time? I can't remember. I give it be Tom. Yeah, right, Tom, a five. Go for it. Um, probably achieved the minimum what was expected, particularly after um, Cathal got the boot so early on in the season. And I think Levine was sort of left to pick up the pieces. I was a huge Cathal fan, um, given his background at United. Um, and I would love him to be the United job as opposed to the Hearts job at the start of the season. Not now. Well, maybe now, actually. Um, given how fucking bad Lazlo is. Um, but I think Levine... Um, I think it's gone under the radar. Obviously, he's found a comical edge to himself that was apparent when he was at United, but not quite as uh, in the forefront as it is now. Um, I think he gets a bit of blame for it, but I think he has been left to pick up the pieces of such a, a mm. poorly put together squad. And I'm gonna disagree with this, but he's obviously had a say in them. But I, I, I think as a director of football, you do have to back your manager as well. You can't just sign. 15 players that you want you do need to sort of um, meet in the middle and give Cathal players you want and you can clearly see that because there's players Cathal signed that he just hasn't fancied and in fairness he has signed some poor players himself Levine uh, Danny Danny Amanqua or David Amanqua Danny Amanqua um, is one of the worst players I've seen <laughs> play in my life I've only seen him a couple of times so there might be hardest fans screen with me but Jesus Christ um, how he is playing at any level of football in Scotland that I've seen anyway, and um, and I and I think there has been the the playing the sixteen year olds has been level as as maybe an excuse from Levine to um, I don't know to to sort of deflect that they maybe aren't very good. I think he's sort of half had to do it maybe, given how poor the squad is. It, there was a lot of players there that just weren't very good, and that there was that and you hear it on the terraces that why not um just play the youths play the sixteen year olds. Um, and in fairness, Levine's done that, but um, it's still not a very good season, particularly where they've just sort of folded. Um, but for purely comical reason, Levine ten out of ten, Hearts five out of ten. Yeah, I mean, you see, Ian Cathro, well, you see, Craig Levine was there to pick up the pieces, but remember, Cathro was sat. On the first of August, so <laughs> he was the. I I know what you're talking about in terms of recruitment, but if I remember, um, from last summer, everyone was raving about Hearts' recruitment in terms of the players they brought in. Obviously, Lafferty is the the main one. Everyone had thought they'd got it right, and yeah, I just think, I think Levine has had the full season pretty much, and. I think for him not to be criticised is um, doesn't surprise me given 
kind of Lovina's tactics in that regard. He does seem to kind of deflect from himself, and we've seen it this season, uh, in rather comical terms, as you guys put it. Um, I think it hasn't been a great season for Hearts. I know they've had some, some big, uh, big wins. Obviously, the most notable was uh, ending Celtic's unbeaten record with a four 0 uh, victory, which still. Uh, Still, quite, find it quite hard to believe uh, ended that way, but I did. Um, <laughs> obviously, beating Hibs and, and stopping them getting second place um, is is a big one. Um, <clears throat> but I think cups was pretty pretty dreadful. Um, didn't make any real impact in either cup competition. Um, and when it comes to the league as well, the finished sixth have clearly regressed and when you look at the recruitment I know you there has been maybe some 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 poor uh, signings from Cathro but I think there's also Levine has to take a a big uh, a big part of the responsibility for bringing these players in as well because again he is director of football so he has a part to play in bringing these guys in and uh, again when everyone's raving about the recruitment and they end up sixth I think he's um it's pretty abysmal for Hearts, so yeah, I think Foles uh, maybe even quite generous. Um, I think if there is uh, an upside to this season, it has been the, the young talent coming through. As you guys have said, and there's maybe some other reasons as to why Hearts are playing so many young players, but whatever the reasons are, the fact is they've, they're getting game time and that can only be a good thing. Um, obviously Harry Cochran has been the... Mm. The main one, and he's been, I mean, there's been some fantastic performances from him. Obviously, Celtic and Hibs, I think, probably are the two kind of standout ones from this season. But he has been consistent since he came into the side, and um, yeah, really exciting for the future. You'd think for Hearts, yeah, in terms of the youth, but in terms of just this season as a uh, an isolation, it's been pretty pretty poor. I think. Considering how bad the season could have been. Is there nothing to be said for? Is there nothing to be said for getting top six? I mean, sure, this is part. No, sure, that's, no. that's that's the absolute minimum for a club like Hearts, right. especially when you look at the, the recruitment. Right. Okay. And the players are bringing in. Sure. <laughs> right. Okay. Um, Sorry, I'm not. I'm not giving Olivier any credit. <laughs> he's not getting anything. Right. Um. Hibs. Tom. I've given Hibs an eight. Lewis. I'll give Hibs an eight as well, actually. Hmm. Okay, I'll go. I'll go with seven then, just to change it up. Uh, <laughs> I believe it's your first now, Lewis. Yes. Um. I think it is. I mean, obviously, Lennon was disappointed. Well, uh, you say disappointed, what? obviously. He was no, quite, um, uh, I, quite happy <laughs> in the last game um, when he was he was boarding his flight uh, and taking off. But um, I, think he, I think he obviously was a bit disappointed given how maybe it ended. I think he had bigger aspirations and maybe thought the second was achievable. But even second being achievable, the fact that it was achievable with... It was two games to go. It's testament how good this season has been for Hibs. Promoted last season, 
and the finish fourth this season. Now that's obviously the same as what happened with Hearts last season. But I think you look at the the individual games, the individual performances from Hibs, big games, big uh, results, beating Celtic, beating Rangers. Um, they have they have unlike Aberdeen, they have produced in the big games, and they have also largely been consistent. I think what's maybe been their downfall is the amount of draws they've gotten. They've also, at the start of the year as well, they, they dropped a lot of points to teams they maybe shouldn't have been dropping points to. Behind that's maybe just part and parcel of the division they're in and the differences between the Premiership and the Championship. You can't put your foot off the gas and maybe they did do that at the start of the year, but certainly they learned from that. Uh, took a huge gamble in the January, both Stokes and Simon Murray. However, you want to... Uh, whether you rate them or not, they were Tibbs two top uh, top scorers and both of them were gone. They went with a, a relative unknown in Camberry and obviously McLaren as well and these guys have just turned the season around um, if it ever really needed turning around because we're obviously already in a very good position anyway. Uh, so it's been a, a real, a, a fantastic season for Hibs and... Uh, yeah, I think if there's only one wee disappointment, it's the the ending, and maybe that came against Hearts. Um, but yeah, I think it's still still pretty remarkable where they've, they've ended up this season. They deserve a lot of credit, especially Neil Lennon. Tom, you've gone for a similar score for similar reasons? Yeah, I went an 8. I'd probably give them a 10 if they'd finished second, and a 9 if they'd finished third. Um, that's how basic my thinking is here. Um <laughs> And they'll live if they'd won the league, obviously. Yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, I think, yeah, if they had finished it a wee bit stronger, they would have would have been deserving a wee bit high, more, higher mark. But it, it can't be forgotten that this was Hibs' first season back up. I actually kind of tipped them to struggle at the start of the season, which we'll maybe get onto in a, in a future pod next week, maybe. Um, <laughs> so they did surprise me a wee bit. But the players that they brought in as Kemp alluded to in McLaren and Canberry has been incredible and obviously Brandon Barker as well who I wasn't a big fan of I think if he maybe stayed fit a bit longer as well he would have had even another option um, to combine with Martin Boyle on the other side who's kicked on immeasurably this season who's always been really quick and on his day can cause defenders problems but he's brought a real level a real level of consistency this season that hasn't been there at um, Hibs or Dundee in the past and the, he just looks in a very top class player for the division. Um, similar to I think he's a similar sort of level to Hayes when he left to sign Celtic. Um, I think he could have ended up at Celtic had they not had Hayes. And looks like is Hayes back for the start of the next season? Maybe. I think if they didn't have Hayes, he would have been a good a good option to have um, for Celtic. If, but the. There's no reason why he would want to leave to go there now, given that Hibs could conceivably kick on and maybe not necessarily challenge Celtic, but really take on Aberdeen Rangers for a second. And I, th- I, I said it earlier when I was speaking, I think it was the start of this bit, and I said that next season looks like it's going to be even better, given how exciting this season's been. Looks like there might be more chance of a title race. Um, and if not, you've got three teams that finished second, third and fourth that have all been incredibly exciting at the various points for different reasons as well um, and obviously you've got Killian Hearts who could 
conceivably finish second and could conceivably finish 11th. Um, you could probably just about throw Motherwell in that mix if you'd imagine they'd probably go strong, they'd try and strengthen in the summer and they don't have too many players to leave either. Um, but I think it is a testament to Lennon that he's managed to get a team promoted in quite easy fashion, lose a player of Jason Cummins' ability and still comfortably finish in Europe if they needed um, Motherwell to lose on Saturday aside. Um, and I can only see them getting stronger as well. Um, right, OK. Do you want to move on? Kelly? Yep. So an eight for me. Eight. Tom? I gave Kelly a nine. Again, I wish we could do decimal points. I think I'll go. I think I'll go with an eight. Um, I believe Tom, you're first. Mm-hmm. Um, this probably uh, going into the split. This was a ten. Uh, the way they sort of fell away in the split, maybe just took away from it a wee bit. But that's totally expected, given how good Celtic obviously are, and Rangers, Aberdeen, and Hibs really needing the points to battle out for second. And going into the split, Hibs uh, Kelly win with more than a good shout to finish in Europe. Um, and if they'd had a better split, they, they would have been there. Um, given they only finished, I can't remember what it was, but they finished behind Hibs. Um, and you just think, if they had finished that split going into Europe, would have just been an absolutely spectacular achievement. Not that what Clark's done isn't a tremendous achievement, but just that would have been um, an absolute brilliant way to end the season had they got Europe. But given Hibs's sort of surge up the table, particularly in that last third of the season. And coupled with the poor split, I think it maybe just takes away slightly, and Kelly fans will be absolutely more than happy with Clark what he's done, and I'd imagine if KC was on the pod, he'd probably give him a ten. I just think, mm. um, given what they were going into in the split, and it, it's probably just about impossible if you're not Celtic to to win as many games as they did, plus another five in the split against their direct rivals, teams with far bigger budgets as well. Um, so an absolutely incredible season given how it started uh, against Ayr and it looked like McCulloch maybe wasn't ready for the job despite I for one I, I definitely backed him at the start of the season I thought he was he did well then the last season and looked maybe wasn't going to do what Clark's done but we'd be in and around Hearts, Motherwell, St Johnson that sort of area but he he was he just wasn't good enough. He he still brought in a lot of good players, and I'll give him that. Um, and you're seeing that maybe under a better manager, these players like Brophy and Irwin are starting to thrive. Um, and I think obviously, I'd, had it been for a top six, uh, European finish, I would have given them a ten. Lewis. Yeah, the only reason I gave them an eight was the the start of the season, which obviously is is no fault of Steve Clark. Um. I think the start of the season we all feared the worst really. I think we all thought Kelly are are going down. Um obviously there was the, the air result as well that uh, Tom kinda of referred to in that game as well. Just absolute no fight from Kilmarnock and you did feel the worst thinking if that's what they're performing like and 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 what is a, a big derby match for them, then how are they gonna get up for what what was looking like a relegation fight in the in the in the Premiership and that's just not transpired since obviously um, Clark's came in, 
he's totally turned them around. Uh, they look a completely different side, and I think the biggest, uh, biggest uh, testament you can give to them is that next season I think there'll be a genuine challenge. I think they'll, uh, if they keep some of the players that they have, and certainly if uh, Clark recruits the way he has been recruiting, um, I think they'll be a real danger um, next season, and I think they'll be still in about that. That, that top mix and yeah just this season it's been remarkable their record against the old firm obviously the record against the big teams other than Aberdeen has <laughs> uh, has been just uh, I mean the, the envy of uh, of some of the bigger teams in the division really um, they have been superb and uh, yeah would have been would have been a 10 if uh, it wasn't for their, their poor start of the season and uh, Maybe if they they did they did end up getting a European spot, but again it was a huge ask given the given what transpired uh, the start of the season. Mm. Um. Right. What comes after K? M. <laughs> Motherwell. <laughs> we have we have already touched on their their two cup finals, but where would that where would that get them in a score, Tom? Seven for me. Lewis. Yeah. I'm going to give them a seven as well. Should speak, right? <laughs> uh, is it? Okay, sorry. Uh, yeah. Um, I'm trying to keep again, track of all this and I'm failing miserably. <laughs> <laughs> We've sort of, uh, we have discussed it um, in regards to Mother. I think league-wise it's maybe not been great, um, but again, the division has a lot of really strong teams in it. There's no... Uh, Shame and finishing where they are. They were never going to get relegated. That was never. Um, they were never in the mix. Uh, however, I don't think they were ever really in the mix for top six either. So they were just kind of a nowhere land with an R team as well, which we'll obviously mention later on. Uh, in terms of the cups, obviously you can't really ask much more than well winning them. <laughs> but I think given the, the team they were playing, they maybe just unlucky that it was Celtic in both finals. Uh, so I think yeah, I think seven's fair. I think for a team like Motherwell reaching two cup finals is a a massive achievement on its own. And uh, yeah, I think maybe just league form not been great, but not been really poor either. It's just been quite average. So I think seven's fair. Tom. Yeah, I've obviously agreed with Kemp here and given them a seven. Yeah, I think obviously it would have been a ten if they'd managed to win either of the finals. Um, and I don't think any Motherwell fan will be unhappy at all about Robinson in this season. I think they may be going to tinge with regret. Maybe could have been better in both finals, particularly the first half of Saturday's um, game. But part of, and it's been quite a sort of um, stoppy start season. They've had quite a few runs where they've looked really impressive and then really, really bad and not won a game for five, six, seven games at a time. Um, and I think if Robinson can sort of that consistency in the league, which you'd imagine he might, given they were sort of um, dovetailed with the reaching cup finals, so they ended up being quite poor after the league cup final for a, a long time, didn't win a game for, I think it was like six or seven games. Um, and you'd imagine they're probably not going to be in both cup finals next season if one, um, and you'd, that might not have much of an impact on the league season. And I'm sure Motherwell fans everywhere would happily take a similar season in two cup finals regardless of they win them or not obviously rather win them but 
more that they did have quite a big impact on their league form and you'd, you'd, you'd expect them probably not to be in both finals next season so that could see Motherwell given how many games they didn't win for because of well maybe not directly because of but there did seem to be an effect of reaching a cup final and losing it um, and then it was reaching the cup final for the Scottish Cup final they struggled after um, if they don't do something similar next season they could easily be in about where Hearts are next season so a 7 good but it could have been a lot better right okay we're getting into the the, the P's and the R's now okay so here we go Partick Thistle <laughs> 2 I gave Partick a 1 <laughs> they were just poor Um, they sort of looked like they were going down Um most of the season um, just not a very good team with no real direct way uh, no real clear way of playing which is of an alarming signal that um, that you will be going down a lot of the teams that have gone down have sort of switched between this is how we're going to play um, no we're going to decide to play a bit more long ball we're going to try and play out from the back whatever and we've seen that even in the sort of microcosm that was the playoff final they changed the way they played so many times um, in a totally different way to Livingston in that Livingston sort of changed their shape uh, but they still had a clear way that they were going to um, win the, the two legs which they did whereas um, Thistle just all over the shop sometimes it was three at the back sometimes it was four at the back sometimes it was long ball sometimes it was right we're going to try and be a really good football side a lot of the time it was just n- nothing in between um, there's so little in that team uh, that have come out with pass marks this season Doolin's fine probably Cherney as well despite he was at fault for that first playoff goal which is looking like one of the most important goals of their season and um, they conceded um, beyond that uh, Christy Ellett's had a decent season there's a lot of players there that have flattered to see this Erskine obviously has had a decent enough season but the amount of players there that are on big wages, um, premiership wages, that have just flattered to deceive, um, which is what part of the Thistle season's been. There's a lot of players there that you'd expect to be playing for a team like Kilmarnock or Hearts or Motherwell, a team that maybe would be challenging for the top six. Um, but I've just done so, so little, um, which, and they're just simply not being good enough, which is just part of the season, just not good enough. Yeah, I think um, just gonna echo a lot of what Tom has been saying. I think if you look at the obviously last season, Partick were were top six, and it was you know there was a lot of players there in that top six team that are still there this season. So I don't see, I don't know if it's Archibald, I don't know if the players just haven't been anywhere near that level. They obviously haven't been anywhere near that level, but I don't know if it's. Um, I've just kind of given up after that. Um, just not been a great season, um, putting it lightly. And I think the fact that they've actually got relegated via the playoffs, which um, is impossible, um, says just how well, it says a lot about how woeful they've been this season. I think uh, two might even be quite generous. Hmm. Um. Okay, let's go on to the, the interesting one. Rangers. 
Where the hell do we where the hell do we put this? Uh Lewis. Four. Tom. I gave Rangers a six. Oh my goodness. I was totally split decimal points but it would help me here. Um, Oh, I could have. I could have given them a four. I could have given them a seven. Probably not a seven. Maybe that's a bit too much. Well, I'm going to give them a four point seven three. That's what I said. They wouldn't help me here, Kemp. Mm, okay. <laughs> um, it's been an absolute bampot of a season, as if you'd expect anything else. <laughs> but in fairness to the players, and I think it probably was the players. I don't think there was a lot of coaching going on this season. They did secure European football, which. Given they've had Kashinia, who uh, was at best inept in the job, um, uh, Murray, who was underqualified, and they've had a couple of games under Jimmy Nicol and Johansson, it's just staggering that they that they've managed to get them this this high up the table, <laughs> particularly when you consider how good Kelly and Hibbs have been, um, and maybe saying third for Rangers isn't insane that that's high up for them. Uh, is not what you should be saying particularly as Rangers fans would not uh, accept third being high but given just how poorly run they've been this season from board level down um, the amount of statements that have come out just it just does not it's just so poorly run it just reeks of total mismanagement from boardroom into the statement room which I'm sure there is now, given how many there have been, um, into the into management, it's staggering. But I I think the the six is for the players alone and getting them European football, and you think a manager with half a clue, um, could get that team navigate past the first round. Yeah, of course there's that as well, um, but a manager with half a clue could get them ten more points domestically, which would have seen them put up a bit of a fight with Celtic. And that has to be um, Gerrard's goal, given this team so poorly run all season from the three management teams they've had to still get 70 points. And you think if you're a, a manager worth your, um, worth your money, you have to be looking at it and thinking, right, I can get an extra 10 points out of this team and then take some of those away from Celtic as well, given how poorly they've been in some games against Celtic this season so that's why I'm giving them a 6 but it could easily be a 4 Right Lewis mm, I why think, have you um, gone for a 4? Well you see European like, spots is, is, I mean, for, you, just qualifying for Europe is not good enough for Rangers especially when you consider the amount of money they spent in the summer you talk about the their budget compared to the rest of the division. Um I think they maybe have they've improved slightly, very slightly from last season, I think. Um a major plus has been Tavernier and Candeus. Um I think both of them have uh have had their moments this season. However they've also had uh, had some poor performances and uh, I think a lot of it stems in, stems from the, the mentality uh, point of view I think a lot of the players there playing for Rangers don't have the mentality and uh, if it was me I'd be getting rid of a lot of these these players but it's just been it's been an embarrassing season really for Rangers um, a, a season that started with a lot of promise and hope 
Uh, if we're counting Europe, then we have to touch on progress, which is, without a doubt, the worst uh, result for a Scottish side in Europe ever, in history. Um, in terms of the way they've been embarrassed by Celtic, um, they've been embarrassed by Hibs, they've been embarrassed by Hamilton, they've been embarrassed by um, countless teams that they should not be losing to. Their home form has been utterly wretched. Uh, and it's, yeah, I think four's, uh, four's a, a fair reflection of their season. Um, again, improved slightly from last season, maybe, in terms of points, in terms of maybe some players' performances. But again, they've... Uh, I think really, if you look at the kind of last stages of the campaign, uh, the big one was obviously the big game this season. The defining game for Rangers was a three-two against Celtic. Uh, maybe if they won that, things might have been different. But um, the fact that the players just collapsed after that game tells you all you need to know about those players. I think um, they just honestly like the the, the conduct after that game was pretty. Pretty shambolic and very unprofessional. And if I was a Rangers fan, I would be, I would not be happy uh, with how the players conducted themselves after after that game. Uh, again, Marty maybe deserves some blame for that as well. He seemed to kind of just crumble after that one, but uh, just a a shambles and the uh, echo what Tom says about um, in terms of behind the scenes as well. It's uh, not been a good season for Rangers, that's for sure. Right, um, Ross County. Lewis. Given Ross County a one. Tom. Zero. <laughs> right, Lewis. Uh, yeah, I mean, they've been relegated and they never looked like they were ever going to escape that. Uh, as Tom kind of says, and I think Tom actually kind of summed it up quite well in terms of how relegation's gone this season. Um, and there's been a couple it's essentially there's been four teams and there's four teams I'm looking at right now that have lost more than twenty games this season and they've all been in and around the relegation uh, spots the the full season really. Um but again so the chance was there for County to capitalise, all it took was maybe a couple of wins, put a run together and uh, they would maybe move up the table and they'd move away from relegation but that has never happened uh, it never happened for really any of the teams and they've all just kind of stayed there where they were um, I just can't really find any positives about county season um, maybe Schalk I think Schalk is probably one of the only players to come out with uh, a bit of credit uh, but even him he was inconsistent uh, yeah just a, a pretty horrible season for county I think it all stems obviously from McIntyre the, the decision to um to get rid of him whether mm. that was right or not obviously now they've been relegated um, they've had to stand by that decision it could be, end up being a right uh, decision obviously Kettlewell um, has got them well obviously has done a lot of the has done a lot with the the, the young players there at the club um, and I think he's very well liked at the club as well so maybe uh, time will tell if that was a good appointment and it'll be interesting to see what happens next season. But certainly in terms of this one, I think getting rid of McIntyre um, was a poor one. Obviously Coyle as well. Um, I think just I think they just they, they gave up when they sat Coyle really. I think uh, and I think that's pretty pretty unforgivable really. 
Tom. Yeah, just you. You think even worse than that? Mm-hmm. Just reminiscent <laughs> of when the United went down. Um, just chaotic. Just different managers. Um, different teams. A lot of signings when Coyle came in. Any of them, they had done anything good at all. Max Melbourne left back. I think Coyle brought him in. Might not have. There was so many chat um, signings that uh, this last season. Um, was maybe the one that made an impression on the team. Um, so many went by without doing anything of note. Uh, Daphne Gog mainly came with quite a good reputation, scored a decent amount of goals in his career at a decent level, and I think he scored once, maybe twice all season, or when he sent from when he signed, which just isn't good enough. Given you'd imagine he'd be on a decent wage, given where he's come from. Um, just never really looked like getting out of it at all whereas I think maybe there was a sort of false hope with Partick given what they've done in previous years it's sort of maybe a theme for them where they start pooling rise up whereas County never really had that expectation and they were so poorly managed I think when Coyle came in maybe people expected um, a bit of a bounce um, maybe not quite as much of a bounce as what um, Kilmarnock got with Steve Clark. I don't even think Kilmarnock fans could have expected that Coyle came with a sort of similar pedigree in terms of clubs he's managed um, although Clark comes with a lot um, a higher endorsement from particularly from fans um, given I think virtually every team he's been at Coyle with the exception or was it Burnley he got he did quite well at um, yeah yeah um, and I think even there that ended quite badly given he he done alright at St Johnson yeah, as well to be fair um, but all of the non-Scottish clubs since then um, the fans just it was well this is what this is what do you expect when you have Coyle in charge which given he was quite highly thought of during his time at Burnley in England and obviously at St Johnson as well I think there was there is an article that says he was linked with Arsenal at one point which when you think about it now which is quite a nice um, quite a nice parallel given the job was, is still available at Arsenal and how far away he could be he is from it Um I just that's been a probably the worst spell of the season and it was the majority of the season with Coyle in charge um, I don't think Ferguson and Brown have done too much not that they had much chance McIntyre was maybe sacked a bit early but it's easy to say that now and that was the same when McNamara was sacked at United it was a bit early in terms of the season maybe a bit late in the bigger picture um, but it's easy to say that now oh, why didn't he stay on he was a good, a good Scottish football guy. You'll know what he's doing. You'll be able to get us out of it. But uh, it wasn't that at the time. I think it was a probably a justified decision uh, when he got sacked. And they've just got it entirely wrong. They maybe would have even been better giving it to Ferguson and Brown, two successful managers at under twenty level. And um, when uh, before Coyle got it, but it's just been so poor this season. They've never really looked, as I said, they never looked like they were going to get out of it at all. So that's why they've got zero for me. And St Johnson boys, Tom, what are you giving St Johnson? Four. Close. Yeah, four for me as four. well. Tom, why uh, four? Um, given how just they have had a poor season, uh, top six with most of those finishes top four. I think every season for the past six before this. Um, I feel like I wrote that in a. Dundee programme at some point um, but 
and it was looking pretty bad at one point before the Albion Rovers replay um, after they'd drawn with them at, at, in Perth even uh, there was a, a squad meeting um, which is never a good sign it's probably the first step before you get the vote of confidence um, for Tommy Wright and it did look at one point um, it sort of um, twinned quite well with the timing of McKinnon getting sacked at United and it sort of looked like Tommy Wright might jump ship or be forced off and he's got a job waiting for him to save his sort of face a wee bit um, but um, he soldiered on and since then they, they did turn it round but not spectacularly um, mm. that's not a good finish for St Johnston finishing 8th um, which I suppose is testament to what McInnes, Lomas and Tommy Wright have done at the club but um, given how good they have been for the past um, half, de- de- half decade and more um, not good enough from Tommy Wright because I think the last manager to guide St Johnston to a a non-top six finish was Derek McInnes. Yeah, um, again, just uh, agree with what was kind of Thomas said there. Not been, not been anyone near the calibre of a season that St Johnson are used to. Um, I think a lot of players there haven't really performed. Um, I think you look at the guys that have really performed for the last couple of seasons. Uh, and I know injuries have maybe um, had a part to play in that, but um, it's just that they've not been at the same level they've been the last couple couple of years. Um, I know, obviously, the recruitment, um, some people were fairly pleased with it, uh, certainly going into the season, guys like Skuggo and stuff, um, I thought he would maybe turn up for them, but he really hasn't, and nobody's really turned up for St Johnston, I think, Um we summed it up as when we were doing our uh, team of the season for the, the live Facebook, uh, well, the live YouTube video, sorry, um, which you can still get on YouTube. Uh, I, St. Johnson was the toughest one. And so you had players like Sean Desai uh, and guys like that who's not had a season that is uh, anywhere near the calibre of maybe past seasons. Uh, I think I ended up opting for Murray Davidson just because he's form the tail end of the season but uh, I think he actually did win the player the the St Johnson player of the year but um, yeah just not been not been great for St Johnson I think uh, yeah I think it's just been a pretty wretched season for them it'll be interesting to see if they can turn that around next year uh, or if this is the start of a steady decline (gasps) shock Nah, there's St. Johnson, they'll, they'll be fine. <laughs> um, I think that's us, boys. Questions. Questions. Do you want me to read them out? I have them, I have them here somewhere. Oh, you do? Because I know, I know someone, um, Stephen Prince has asked us a, a, a question that we've, we've, I think it's while we've been recording this, um, and it seems like we've almost stolen his idea. He said, in the top flight, who exceeded the expectation the most and who failed to live up to expectation the most? I'd suggest Kilmarnock and Rangers is my answers. Um, I think you could possibly say um, failing to live up to expectation, maybe St Johnston, but I think um, I think Kelly and Rangers is probably uh, fair hearts as well, maybe, mm. uh, for failing to mm. live up to expectation. The only really other challenger to Kelly in that one, I think, would be Hibs, but I think 
probably killing Rangers or fair. Yeah, echoed completely. Uh, Stephen Ritchie, do the panel think it will be the same old story? All Scottish teams getting pumped out of Europe early, with the exception of Celtic. Now we've got Celtic in the Champions League first qualifying round, Aberdeen in the Europa League second qualifying round, Rangers and Hibs in the first qualifying round. I think Hibs will be. I think Hibs will do okay. Well, yeah, I mean, Lennon obviously has that experience before uh-huh. um, with Celtic. Um, <sighs> and with and with Hibs, I mean, they were very unlucky mm. against was it Bronby. Yeah, yeah, they've done all right. I mean, I think just. I just hope we, we, we. All you really ask for is that teams win the games that they should be really winning. Uh, I know that there's a cliche of there's not an easy game in Europe, and to be fair, it is true, but as long as we beat teams from countries that are ranked bowlers, I'm, I'm not got an issue at all. It's when we. When we failed to do that last season was particularly uh, poor in, in that regard. Um, obviously, Rangers was the most notable one. Uh, you'd like to think that things will be a bit different. Obviously, this is. I mean, last season was the same. It was just Hearts as as opposed to Hibs. Um, in terms of, uh, in terms of having four really really strong teams there, uh, don't don't not really sure how it will go. Uh, I'm not even really thought about it, but uh, hopefully we. Hopefully, it's a bit better given the caliber of teams, but I'm not too convinced. Uh, because it's not, it's never, it's never easy. Sadly, you'll you'll hopefully avoid uh progress near corn, and uh FK track eye in St Johnson's case, uh this year. I think I think I think we I mean, might even even wasn't great. <laughs> mm. Sorry, I don't know. I don't know if we. I don't know if we still could. Uh, this could still happen. I could be wildly wrong here, but I don't know if Celtic may get progress, <laughs> potentially, <gasps> which would be quite funny. Uh, and I don't know a bit scary as well. Mm. Just got the knack of beating Scottish teams now. Yeah, they they'd be off for it. They won't sell to it. <laughs> yeah, I they they won the league this year. We're we're getting progress and that's it decided. <laughs> <laughs> um right. Sorry. Going back to questions. Right, okay, here we go. A few questions in relation to junior f- football. Junior Cup final this weekend. Who have the pod got winning it? Talbot or Hurlford? Hurlford? And where do you stand on introducing the pyramid tiered system in Scotland for leagues below League Two? A lot of junior teams seem opposed to it. Lewis. A lot of junior teams I was gonna say this, seem opposed this... to it because they're dinosaurs. <laughs> and Talbot are one of the dinosaurs. No, um, I think it's listen. I'm I'm a big advocate for the for the pyramid. Um, I think it's going to happen now. I think the floodgates have uh, have been opened, and uh, it's now just making sure we get the the fairest structure we can in place. Uh, uh, good, good whether luck that's going to achieve or not. <laughs> what, what was that? Good luck with that. Yeah, I, I don't know if that's. And, I mean, the the main lesson. The SFA made a total hatchet job of uh, trying to introduce a pyramid the last time. Um, again, you can't fault a lot of the kind of teams that are in the old league. Uh, they are the likes of BSC Glasgow and um, uh, what's the French team again? Uh, Sport. 
at this sport. I you can't uh, you can't fault them. Obviously, they you know they're, they're ambitious, I suppose. But listen, it, it really should be some of the top junior teams in that Lowland League, or maybe even a kind of West East split. Um, there certainly needs to be a bit of representation of what the central belt teams there. Uh, hopefully it happens. Uh, in terms of this weekend in the Junior Cup, um, I will confess and say I don't really know uh, too much about the juniors uh, in terms of just what's happening on the field. But uh, I'll go with Talbot. I, I did watch the final last season. Uh, so I'll go, with, I'll go with Talbot this season to, to get it done this time. Yeah, I'll go with Talbot as Tom. well. Um, but it'd be nice to see Lockie United there, who made the semis and won the first leg as well. What a nice team wish all there as well. Well, that's for you to say. Uh, <laughs> um, yeah, so Auchinleck, I, I drove through it last time. I say I drove. I was in the car and drove through Auchinleck last this time. Pretty much exactly this time last year, and the whole time was behind it. It looked really nice. Um, all the yellow and black bunting up. Um, as for pyramid, I, I would say it's probably is time for a proper one. Um, I think if they do it properly, then yes. But if there is massive opposition to it, I'm not sure if it's totally worth forcing those who would be competing in it and concerned with it to do it if they just simply don't want to. Right, and. Uh... A question from I, b- I believe a friend of the show Rui McIver mm, no he's no friend us. no friend of ours <laughs> <laughs> uh, which player disappointed you the most this season Lewis are we talking about our individual clubs or are we talking about just in general because it's just in general that's it's Carrie Arneson who, <laughs> from, <laughs> uh, who again we'll, we'll maybe talk a bit more about on in the pod next week but um yeah, I, I I thought big things were going to happen to Aberdeen with Carney Arneson at the centre, the heart of the defence for them, and uh, that never that never transpired, sadly. Uh, but if we're talking about Celtic... Uh, hmm. Hayes. Hayes, yeah, I, I was thinking Hayes, but I don't know if that's a bit harsh. Bit harsh. Yeah. I, I, mean, it, it, I mean, he wasn't up to much in the games before his injury. Apart from when he obviously scored against Aberdeen. He was coming happening. into a bit of form right before the end, yeah. really. Um, but I don't... Yeah, I suppose for a certain point of view, probably would be his. Um, but I think, yeah, that's quite harsh. Um, right. Players that disappointed me are all, are all still at Celtic. Uh, <laughs> Sinclair's disappointed me the most. Mm. Right, Tom, I've got I've got two names in front of me here, and I'm, I'm willing to bet it's one of them. Uh, two names written in an envelope. <laughs> <laughs> Um, I will go for Christ there's just so many to choose from United that I could actually probably pick about 14 people here um, the one that I had the highest expectations for and has done the worst probably Billy King um, oh. and as for non-done United go Bruno Alves I was really excited to see him in Scotland Um and he's had some moments, but it just hasn't been nearly what I'd expected. Who were the two you thought I'd pick, Gamba? Um, it would either be Paul McMullen or Scott McDonald. 
Yeah, at least those two con- contributed a bit more than Billy King. Like, Scott were top goal scorer. McMullen did start quite well um, and just wasn't fancied by Laszlo. Um, but Billy King, no, he was fancied throughout the season, just not very good. But as I said, it could have been the majority of that squad. There's very few that didn't disappoint me this season. Mm. Right, lads. I think that's us. Mm. Oh, it's a, that was a mammoth show, that one. Yeah, I mean, we're, we're closing in on two hours. Is there anything you want to talk about for 15 minutes so we can close the two hours out? <laughs> <laughs> Please Tony don't. Bell, yeah. Tony Bell, yeah. <clears throat> He's back. I've seen Tyson Fury's. Tyson Fury's back soon. Apparently it's a free fight. Apparently it's not on pay-per-view. Is that right? Um, to be fair, the guy's he's fighting is a total nobody, is it not? Like, <laughs> bum. Safari. That is how you say it. Safari. Zephyr Safari, I think his name is. Nah, he's a bum. Don't even say his name. Don't give him <laughs> the free airtime. No. No, nah, I actually won't keep talking about Tyson Fury. Right, okay. Um, I think, <laughs> right, I think that's a set point. I mean, it's been a pleasure speaking to you for all this time, Lewis. Yes, for all this time. And Tom, it's been an absolute pleasure. Yeah, it was nice to uh, get out of my cave after. Right, it's embarrassing. Yeah, you 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 were called out by who? But it was a unofficial. Who was it? Unofficial oh. Livy. Yeah. Uh. Oh yeah, I forgot. That. I've actually been able to spin it really well. To those who don't follow Scottish <laughs> football, I've been saying, "Oh look, look, I've got fans that want me on the podcast." Um, so my mum's very proud of me that I've got fans. Um, <laughs> uh, but for those who understand that this Livingston fan wanted to hear me cry, and I would have had I been on, um, and I was going to be on, but we ended up doing it at a later time. And, um, the the darkness hurt my my tear stained eyes that night. So um, I was in bed quite early. I feel we are maybe partly responsible as well because we were quite harsh on Tom in yeah, the last part. Yeah, that was a disgrace we, actually. We sort of, um, we sort of bullied them. Yeah, reported reported to the um, relevant authorities, including the police. <laughs> and on that note, I think we should finish. <laughs> <laughs> Right, it's been an absolute pleasure. We will be back in some form, possibly next week. Just to point the finger at people, really. Mm-hmm. Call people out on the podcast. Yes. Uh, but until then, we will leave you with no football this week. Hopefully, we do. Goodbye.